Hello, welcome to Documentary First. This is the journey of a documentary filmmaker. I'm Christian Taylor standing in for Josh Lindsay and Jason Rugg, and I am here in Reims, France, otherwise known to Americans as Reims, with the stars of our show, Danny Boucherie and Flo Boucherie, her daughter. Say hello. Hello. Bonjour, Jason. Bonjour, Jason. <laughs> we are saying bonjour, Jason, because Jason Hoban is our recording engineer. And we want you to know, Jason, we have been talking about you and thinking of you and missing you and wishing you were here. So thank you so much for working on our podcast documentary first. Um, for you listeners who are faithful to listen to us each week, I wanted to step away a little bit from our filmmaking podcast, since I am here with Danny, the girl who wore freedom and flow and talk a little bit about the history of how this film came together. It has been seven years since we initially met and we have been talking a lot today about how we met and how far we have come. So today we are here in Reims to celebrate The Girl Who Wore Freedom. It is our French premiere. It's the first time the film has been shown in France and we are with the Red Movie Awards. And these awards are taking place tomorrow and we are nominated for three of them, Best Documentary, Best Editing, thanks to Bill Ebel, and Best Score, thanks to Jeff Kurtenacker. So I flew here to Reims, I met Danny and Flo, and they were brought here by our co-producer, Michelle Coupe, who's over here to the right, uh, but is not wanting to be on camera with us. But she is here nonetheless. This would not be possible without her either. So uh, for a minute, let's just talk about our first meeting. So Flo, why don't you go ahead and explain about how we met? Yes. Hello, everybody. So it was uh, an amazing meeting. So we were on purple plane at Caronton and we are waiting for the paratrooper drops and there is a problem with an aircraft. So there is nothing in the sky. So we are waiting for to do something. And just in front of me, uh, GIs came. And so I say, hey, guys, stop. Can I take a picture with you? Of course, yes. And in this GI, there is a son of Christian Taylor, Hunter, it was just close to me. And I asked him, is it your first time in Normandy for you? Oh, yes, but I'm not alone. I'm with my mother and my brother, Jake, and so well. I'm with my parents. So where are your mother? Yo, Christian, they are there. Hi, nice to meet you, Christian. And <laughs> so my parents were just, no, I didn't even know about your parents. No, first. no, no, no. So, so at first you said, say, I have a, an amazing picture to see, to show you. So I have in my phone, a picture of mom with a little dress looks like American flag. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. What are you, you were, yes, no, you were making up history. No. <laughs> no. Okay. This is what happened. Yes. I'm going to tell you what happened. So I'm standing there and you walk up and say, can I take a picture? And I said, yes, I take a picture with your your son. I know. I said, I'll take the picture. Yeah, okay. okay. Yes, yeah, see, yeah, I know. Yeah, so yeah. I took a picture of yeah. you and Hunter. Okay. Then we were talking. We were talking. And so I asked my question, is it your first time in Normandy? He answered, yes. And I'm not alone. I'm with my mother, Christian, and my brother, Jake. And say, okay, I meet Christian. Hello, nice to meet you. And we talk a little bit and I, I show a picture to Christian. You said to me, this jacket that yes. I have on. Yes, I have a, a, a special jacket on. It is a jacket uh, was given by a GI in 1944 to mom. 
in her village, Saint-Marie-du-Mont. And I said, is your mother still alive? And I answered, yes, of course, she is just behind you. It is Danny. Yes. And I said, oh my goodness, does she remember the liberation? And she answered, yes. Yes, and and I said, what do you remember about the liberation? And what did you say? Yes, I remember. So, Mama was agreed to, to uh, for Christian made uh, some picture and some interview about the story about the D-Day, looks like by the eyes of children, you know, like okay. mom, she was a little girl. But when I said, what are your first memories? What did she say? Tell me the story. Why don't we hear the story from her own words about what it was like to be occupied mm -hmm. and then liberated. Talk Donc, about the occupation. Tu, tu parles de ta première euh, sensation de petite fille quand tu étais occupée. Qu'est-ce que tu te rappelles? Et la sensation première quand il y a eu les Américains qui sont arrivés. C'est ça. Et parle normalement. D'accord. Lorsque j'étais petite fille, j'étais vraiment une petite fille. Pendant l'occupation, euh, l'unique chose que je me souviens, ce sont les, mes parents qui m'ont rapporté ce qu'ils ont vu. So, the first memories about the, the occupation in her village during, uh, with a German soldier is a lot of souvenirs and memories about her parents who talked and explained what's happened with the occupied German because she was a little girl, very young, so she remembers something, but not at all. Et donc, mes parents m'ont raconté des choses incroyables pendant l'occupation, le manque de liberté, le manque de nourriture. So the uh, our parents explained and uh, to Danny that the time are very hard because there is no food, there is no clothes, and there is no freedom. They didn't go where they want because the German was everywhere and uh, asked paper and Ausweis, it's a German word right. like pass to go to see your neighbor or do something. It was a very hard time. Voilà. And she told me that she did remember going to sleep to certain sounds. Have her tell the story about what she would hear at night when she would go to sleep. Yeah. Et tu te rappelles de quoi par rapport au bruit ah, des oui. chaussures et quand tu ah, vas oui. dormir Oui, lorsque nous nous sommes endormis le soir, on avait toujours dans les oreilles le bruit des bottes allemandes qui avaient des, des clous dessous. So the, the memory of the sound that she remembered is the, the, the noise of the boots, German boots, they clack, 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 clack on the road. Et le lendemain matin, Silence. On n'a rien entendu. On a vu juste un Américain qui traversait le village sans bruit, car ses chaussures étaient en caoutchouc. And so when the American GIs came during the night, it's the opposite. The boots are so no sound because it was made of rub rubber. Rubber, yes. Rubber. And so the population didn't hear the clack 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 of the German boots. There is no noise in the streets because the American GIs were boots made of rubber. And the German boots, uh, she would say in our film, the Klackmann boots. Yes, they were German jack boots and they had little uh, 
nails on the bottom of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the cobblestone streets in St. Marie Dumont were unsteady. And so it was loud. How did those sounds make her feel as a child? Ça vous a fait quoi de rien entendre? On pourrait presque dire que ça nous a réveillés. Yes, the no sound, the silence woke up because it was so strange. Strange. Yeah. Voilà, c'est ça. Et donc après, euh, nous avons vu ma maman a ouvert la fenêtre et là nous avons vu des parachutistes. Plein de, And, yeah. plein de lumière partout parce qu'il y avait des petits parachutes avec des, des lumières au bout et on voyait comme le jour, comme en plein jour. And so without now, so the, her mother opened the windows and watched in the sky a lot of paratrooper drops. And just behind landing, the, before landing paratrooper with men, they dropped a parachute with a small light on and there is a lot of light in the sky and after the paratrooper dropped in the village. And so what was the first thing she remembered when she woke up that day? Et quand la première chose que tu travailles quand tu es sorti dehors, vous qui avez plus d'allemand, qui avait c'est quoi la première chose que tu as vu? Ben la première chose c'est bon, il faisait jour déjà. So, hein, parce oui. que j'étais petite, il faisait jour et on a vu les ce qui m'a frappé, les les américains qui étaient qui marchaient de chaque côté de la route et au milieu les tanks, mm. les trucks, les tous les les jeeps et tout ça. So in the morning, only in the morning, they go outside, and uh, the first remember of my mother is watch the GI on the each side of the road, and in the middle, jeeps, tank, and the very big vehicles coming from Utah Beach. Mm, yes. And I remember that her father did something really important that day. What did her father do to help the GIs that day? Um, et ton père euh, a aidé un, comment, un soldat, a, a fait quelque chose avec un GI par rapport à un Allemand qui était voilà. dans, oui. dans un virage. Et... Oui, malheureusement, euh, la guerre, il euh, y a les ennemis, les, les amis, mais les ennemis, même morts, il euh, faut le respect. So, uh, my grandfather, so Danny's father, uh, was a very good man and... Uh, Even it was the war, it, he had a lot of respect for the human. So he did something very special this day. Et euh, devant notre porte, il y avait un soldat allemand mort. So around the corner, there is a German soldier dead. Et les tanks arrivaient. Et mon papa a vu que le tank, il allait... Il allait passer, il allait écraser le mort. So the tank and the jeep uh, drove very fast from on the road, so there is no time to stop. And so my grandfather, so Danny's father, uh, saw the German soldier died in the corner. So and he, he ran to pull with the legs the, the guys the up to uh, because on the road there is a big tank is coming, and so probably he he rode on the bodies so it was not really good and so my grandfather doesn't like this situation so he was a respect for the the german soldier because it was a dead man so yeah so we we filmed this reenactment in normandy in 2018 yeah. but it didn't ever make it into the film but it was a powerful scene because 
right around the corner from their home, there was a dead German soldier and the tank was flying down the road. And so your father, Paul, pushed, pulled his legs out and put him over to the side. And what did the commander of the tank do? Il a fait merci. Yes. He saluted and said merci. So that was a very moving thing for your family, I think. And so that is a memory of that man remember. Yes. Another thing that has stuck with me is that um, I read in an article that your mother wrote, I think, or maybe you told me it, get, it gets mixed up, but your father was a mechanic and he owned a bicycle repair store. Mm-hmm. And so the Jeep, something happened to a Jeep when it came off of the beach. Tell that story. Et donc, il euh, faut que tu racontes l'histoire, en fait, que euh, Pepper Fopol avait un garage et donc il réparait ah. les véhicules des Américains et il y avait des Jeeps qui venaient pour se faire réparer dans le garage. Oui. Voilà. Et oui, mon papa était euh, mécanicien, donc il réparait les Jeeps, les moteurs aussi de Américains et euh, dans le garage, il y avait ce que l'on appelle en France une fosse. So, my grandfather, her father, um, was a mechanic, and so uh, U.S. Army uh, asked to my grandfather, uh, can you help with a Jeep and so, to do something on, and uh, in the garage there is a special place under the ground, and it was like uh, to hide someone or, you know, something like this. It was not the primary use to do with this place it's big hole and uh it do something very special et donc euh, il y avait aussi parmi les allemands euh, des français alsaciens qui étaient euh, incorporés de force so voilà so there is a part of france and on the east of france it's an area named is alsace and during the war uh, sometimes this area is a French area, and but during the war it was a German area. But the population of this area is still French, and so they need to be in the German army if they don't want. They have no choice, and so they are in the German army. And one yeah. of these guy uh, was in Saint Marie du Mont, and so he doesn't like Hitler. He doesn't want to be in German army, so he go out of the army, but he need to be hide. And so, on les appelait les malgré oui, mais je vais pas pouvoir le traduire. Voilà, OK. Et donc, il euh, y a un, un, un soldat américain, un Alsacien français, qui est venu et qui a appelé au secours. Et papa l'a, comment je veux dire, caché avec, euh, dans, dans, son, dans la fosse de son garage pendant huit jours, il lui donnait à manger, il lui apportait tout. And so, a guys came to my grandfather and asked him help. Can you help me? Because I don't want to fight for the German uh, army. And so my grandfather, Paul, uh, said to the guy, say, okay, I can hidden you, so come with me to the garage. And he opened the hole in the garage and put it, the guys under the piece of wood, And uh, during eight days, uh, he, he brought some food and uh, to the guys and some uh, blankets to help him as he can. And uh, 
after a head day in the hall, the guy uh, il goes away, papa, went away. Voilà, papa lui avait mis une bicyclette à proximité yes, et a joué les parties. And my grandfather uh, prepared for him a bicycle and say, okay, you take the bicycle and do what, what you want and save your life. Wow, that's yes. amazing. I think your father was very brave. Yes, very brave. He was. The other story I recall that she told me was um, of a Jeep that got a flat tire outside of, do you remember this? Mm -hmm. So I must have read this in the article that your mother wrote. So uh, your mother, uh, your grandmother mm -hmm. came to the United States in 1984. Mm -hmm. And in this article, she said that on that day, a Jeep drove off of the beach and got a flat tire. Yes, but I don't think I remember, remember this. No? No, I don't think. But in the story, I'll finish. Yeah. Uh, the Jeep got a flat tire and your father changed the flat tire and the Americans paid your father with an American flag. Oh. Which was an amazing story. That's an amazing story. Donc c'est mamie qui avait à l'époque, il y avait une Jeep qui avait dû avoir un peu crevé et c'est Pépère qui l'a changé et l'Américain pour payer Pépère lui a donné un drapeau. Un drapeau américain. Mais tu te rappelles pas de cette histoire-là Non, histoire je ne me souviens pas yeah, de cette histoire-là. She was too young to remember. Et maman l'a, la, ne l'a pas raconté. Maman, elle a décidé de la créer. Your mother was an amazing person. Yes. Uh, and I think she also, you told me at one point, helped the GIs with a torn shoulder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That morning she was helping them. And she also, I think, told them where the Germans were in the bell tower of your church. Yeah. Yes. It was. Mm -hmm. She was very brave. Yes. She was very brave. And uh, she was very uh, respectful about what the GIs did for the liberation. And so that the reason why they, with my grandfather, they opened the bar The bar ah, of six June. Yes, the bar of six June. So we'll come back to that in a minute. The other thing that your grandmother did is she found parachutes. Yes. So tell that story. What did she do with those parachutes? Ah, oui. Euh, donc au premier anniversaire du débarquement, euh, il y a des petites filles. Oui, qui mais est... tu racontes comment elle a fait, comment elle a trouvé les parachutes, comment elle. Ben, attends. Il y a des petites filles qui étaient habillées. Euh, en bleu, blanc, rouge, le drapeau français. Et ma maman me dit, moi, je veux l'habiller en drapeau américain. So, for the first ceremony of the D-Day, um, premier anniversaire, so the person and some people made some dress, special dress to honor the liberator, and so some little girl wore a dress looks like French flag, but my grandmother didn't like the idea and prefer made and so a dress looks like American flag. Et donc, euh, les Américains lui ont trouvé, parce qu'il y avait beau, beaucoup de parachutage, du parachute épais, euh, blanc, rouge, elle a coupé des bandes, elle m'a fait ma petite robe euh, so, aux couleurs de la bannière américaine. So after the landing and all the paratrooper, there is many, many parachutes everywhere. And some of them are red or white. And so American GIs gave, because there is no fabric anyway. So it was very, the population are very poor with clothes. So um, American uh, gave the parachute to the population. And so my grandmother uh, uh, got parachute red and white and so that's their idea for to make the 
dress looks like American flag. And so my grandfather found a, a small piece of fabric, blue fabric to uh, and paint on stars. And my grandmother made the dress looks like American flag. And this dress is at the Utah Beach Museum now. Yes. And at the same time is when they decided to open the bar of June 6th. So talk to me about the bar. How did that happen? Par la feu du bar, comment ils l'ont ouvert en 45 et c'était vraiment pour honorer les ah oui. Ma maman était et mon papa aussi était très très euh, patriote. patriote et puis reconnaissant aux Américains de nous avoir libérés. Et en ce souvenir, ils ont ouvert le bar du 6 juin. So my grandparents, so her parents, were very proud and uh, of what all the GIs uh, made and did for the liberation of the French population and for the Sainte-Marie-du-Mont, the village of my mother. And so uh, to honor all the GIs for a long time after the D-Day, they opened the board of 6 June in Sainte-Marie-du-Mont one year after the landing of the D-Day, so in 1945. Yeah, and what's amazing, I think your cousin painted two murals yeah, in there. Yes. Et donc c'est quoi alors l'histoire des peintures? L'histoire, ben, maman, maman encore plus, euh, qui était viscéralement attachée euh, au débarquement, a demandé à un cousin qui peignait très très bien de, de, de reproduire des scènes du débarquement sur le mur. So my grandmother had a lot of fine and young, wonderful idea. And so uh, she was so, so thankful of the, the bottom of her heart of the GI. She would love to paint on the walls uh, scene of the D-Day. And so we, uh, they had a cousin, they have a cousin uh, whose name is Marcel Gautreau. Uh, he was a very good painter and drawer. And so he painted on the wall scene of the D-Day. And so you can look right now, this paint on the walls of the Bar of June and the sign on the bottom of the right and Marcel Grotto, 1945. Yeah, it's amazing. When I went into that bar in 2015, it was kind of run down, but it was still there. And I think maybe they served cider and coffee. Um, and when I was there, I thought, oh, I would love to buy this bar and it would be great for it to be back in your family. And we talked about that. And I came back in 2017 and it was closed. And they, I was told the owner died and they didn't know who owned it. And then we tried to find out the owner because we wanted to film there in 2018 and that did not happen. And in 2019, it was still closed but somehow someone figured out how to buy the bar. They've opened it back up and now it's a working bar again. Yes. How did that make you feel when you saw that come alive again? Comment tu as vu comment le bar était redevenu comme il était avant, enfin, avec une personne qui était vraiment intéressée dedans? Ça t'a fait quoi? Le bar du 6 juin, c'était toute ma jeunesse. Et lorsque j'ai vu ce jeune homme-là refaire... Le, le, le réparer, dirons-nous, j'étais très, très émue, très émue. C'est une partie de, c'est toute ma jeunesse, voilà. So the bar of June for mom is a part of young time for her and she was a little, little girl. 
and lived in this bar. And so when uh, when he saw that a uh, young man, Jeremy, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just so funny. His name yeah. is Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy bought the bar and was very attached about the memories of his bar and uh, would love to have whole picture inside and know the story of this bar. And uh, so uh, mom was very moved. And so uh, we are very happy now because the bar is very nice. Jeremy is a very nice owner and uh, he's very interesting by the D-Day and would love to have picture. And the Girl War Freedom, if you come to the bar, you see a very big yeah. picture of the Girl War Freedom. And it's like, you know, it's like a, um, like a, a I don't know, for a young man, it's very interesting to meet Christian, yeah. and uh, it's very nice to for him to meet mom and meet Christian, and you know, it's very amazing story. It really was. I and my husband's name is Jeremy, which why it's so interesting for me that his name is Jeremy, and makes me makes me feel like he's part of the family now, yeah. uh, because he has embraced our movie and he's made. What was so great is that he kept the bar yes. that your parents made. And in the back of the bar, the there, culture, there yeah. is a special place which looks like a small museum with uh, some of it of the original bar. And uh, Jeremy uh, uh, kept, kept this place, a piece, a small piece of the real bar, the original bar, some piece of wood and something like this. And so put a small museum and create a small museum in the background. It's the place special place where my mother and my father dance for their wedding. Oh, is that right? I didn't know this. <laughs> that little room yes. was a place where they yes. danced for their wedding. J'étais le professeur de danse. Quand tu t'es marié, tu t'es marié là. Oui, et je me suis marié. They got married there too? Yeah. I did not know. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, so now it's a museum that talks about the occupation. Yes. And, and so bar. you heard in that museum what it was like in, during the occupied time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it talked about the people that were sent off to concentration camps as well. Mm -hmm. And then what it was like for the reconstruction. So in that, there's the story in that back room museum of all of those things. Yes. And uh, there is many things, and uh, probably Jeremy, the owner of the bar, uh, asked often to the people who come to the bar, their old uh, citizen of Saint Marie du Mont, have you something about the Saint Marie du Mont? But he is very interesting about the story of the bar, and so he, he wants to put many things about the bar. And à so, chaque fois qu'on va, il nous demande, il nous pose des questions so pour we, we, le faire revivre. Uh, we went with each, uh, very often with Mam to the bar, and at the time they, they ask us. Uh, have you something to talk about the bar? Have you some story about the bar? Uh, yeah. Have you some picture about the bar? Uh, and so that we have a good contact with him and he's really a nice guy. Really. That's so great. Well, we do really encourage you if you're listening to this and you want to go to Normandy to make sure you go to the town of St. Marie Dumont, that you go to visit the bar of June 6th. Uh, right across the street from the bar is the home where Danny lived on D-Day. She lived right above what is now a restaurant. And uh, that is where she came out of the door when she was a little girl and saw the GIs walking down the street uh, where they gave her gum and candy and chocolate and really changed her life. She had never tasted those things before. So we are talking about uh, with the World War II Museum actually creating a tour for the Girl Who Wore Freedom where people can go back and go to all the places that Danny and her family were and lived. So 
Um, you know, this is a wonderful experience. I think if you've never been to Normandy, you have to come to that, Normandy. Yes, yes, put that on your bucket list for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is what um, what will uh, you guys think about? So right now we're in France and we're here with the Red Oak Film Awards. What is happening tomorrow? And how does that make you feel that in seven years we have come this far? It you can answer and then your mom can answer. So, ça fait quoi maintenant d'être là aujourd'hui pour euh, un festival avec euh, la robe comme euh, fil en fait et grâce à la robe et grâce au film ça fait quoi comme sensation pour toi c'est je ne réalise même pas je, je je suis incroyablement surprise et si ma maman et mon papa étaient encore ici pour avoir cousu une petite robe elle n'aurait jamais pensé que l'histoire aurait fait a si grand, si grand voyage. Oui. So that's amazing. That's amazing to be there because uh, just only for a little dress sewn by my mother, my grandmother, sorry, uh, in 1945, uh, be there with Christian about this dress and all the amazing story about this dress and all the amazing meeting and uh, we are now a big family and be there for a festival. Uh, I think that my mother with my grandfather, I saw her, her father from the sky, will be very proud of this film. And um, that's an amazing story. I wish so much that I had known your parents. You know, yeah, I've I read know. about them. I've read your father's journals. Many people don't know because we haven't had a chance to tell this. He was in the Navy, hmm. the French Navy, and he was stationed, uh, you know, on the tip of France. And then when the Germans took over in 39, your father was part of Charles de Gaulle's Navy and he went to England for a year yes. and you had no contact with him. And but I've read his journals, you know, yeah. and so I feel like your grandparents are part of my family. Yeah. And I do think they yeah. would be so pleased by us honoring what they did. Yeah. And I just wish they could be here in person. Well, me too. You know, and, and I think what's interesting is the film is called The Girl Who Wore Freedom, but it isn't just about Danny and her experience because of the two of you. We met so many other French people who lost lots of things. Your family was fortunate mm. because no one was injured or killed. Mm. Your property was yeah. not destroyed. Yeah. But True. there were many other people that you introduced me to who lost so many things. Mm. And I think we were able to weave that into the film. So mm. we hear about, if you haven't watched the film, we hear about all of the losses that the French people endured to be liberated. Mm -hmm. And to me, they are just as many heroes in the French yeah, people as true. there are the Americans that's that true. liberated them. And so this dress was like the gateway. Mm -hmm. It was the gateway. Danny was the gateway for us understanding freedom at a deeper level, right? right. And um, I think that's what your mother did. She helped connect our two countries mm -hmm. and she helped explain you know, this part of the story. Yes, which I, true, She would yeah. be so proud, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. So let's talk about what's happening in two weeks. So in two weeks, uh -huh. or maybe, um, yeah, in two weeks, you guys. So 
the, this adventure it's amazing because in two weeks, so we went many times with Christian in USA for the movie. So, but there is an amazing trip uh, in two weeks. So we are going with them to New York for the first time. Thanks to Air France and Delta and yeah. Virginie Durr, our dear friend. Yes. And so this is an amazing trick because we are flying on Air France. And uh, because of Virginie Durr and uh, she had a lot of, a lot of love about the movie because she watched the movie every time when she fly and on Delta airline. And so she, with Christian organized a very special trip for mom and I. And so we are going to New York on Air France and be back two weeks after with Delta airline with Christian and veterans to Normandy. And uh, we land at Deauville near Caen and just near my beach. So that's an amazing trip. Yeah, so I've all, it was my dream from very early on to bring Danny back to the United States so people could actually meet her and hear her story. And to know now seven years later that not only just me bringing her back, but a company like Delta, a company like Air France believes so much in the story and uniting our countries that they are bringing you back and we have an event at the Alliance Francaise in May 16th uh, in New York City. And so Delta is sponsoring a reception and Danny is going to get to speak. People will meet her, we'll show the film. And then we're gonna go back to Chicago, do a little resting until we go to Georgia mm -hmm. where we will have four different events in Georgia. One of them at the National Infantry Museum, uh, one of them at Delta, two of them at Delta. Uh, and then Virginie Durr's son is getting married. So we're all going to go to a wedding, wedding and have a great time. And then on June 1st, Delta is chartering a flight for the three of us mm -hmm. and 35 World War II veterans to come back for Normandy with the Best Defense Foundation and Michelin also sponsoring. So this will be a very big D-Day experience for all of us. Um, the film is playing many times over the course of that um, two-week period. Uh, so it just... When I sit out here and I talk about our very first meeting, mm -hmm. and I think of everything that's happened since. That's amazing. It is only by the grace of God that yes. I think all of these miracles. During seven years. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. amazing. The, the works and the meeting and the connection and the of each other of, of this ocean, you know, from United States to Normandy, it's amazing the big family in the United States and the family for you in Normandy now so I didn't realize that because of just a little dress looks like yeah very tiny dress it's uh this story was born you know it's amazing est-ce qui m'a fait le plus le plus drôle la première fois que nous sommes allés chez Christiane c'est que nous sortions du restaurant et que les Des Américains me disaient Hey Danny, how are you? Comme si ils me connaissaient depuis toujours. So that's a, yeah, yeah. ça me faisait ça faisait drôle. Quoi. So that's an, an, yes, mom was very surprised because uh, they they watched the American when she we were in United States and uh, uh, with Christian and some uh, Americans uh, say hello to mom and say hey, hello Danny how are you so mom then 
if I didn't know this person, but say, yes, we watched the movie and you are in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ça m'a fait vraiment une, une impression incroyable. Right, right. It was amazing. Yes, she's become quite famous yeah. in, in this little World War II neck of the woods. So, well, anyway, there you go. Thank you for listening or watching our podcast. We really appreciate your time. I'm glad you got to know Danny and Flo better. Come to Normandy. Yes, do come to Normandy. And, and it's a very beautiful country out too. Yes, it is. It is. It is beautiful. And so if you are a Patreon supporter, we want to thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Because you are a Patreon supporter, if you email me in our little Patreon chat and you want to plan a trip to Normandy, I will make sure that you get to meet Danny and Flo and they can take you to the bar of June 6th. You have been supporting us faithfully on a monthly basis. We could not do things without you. And so one of your gifts is being able to meet them in person if you come. So please send us a note. Let us know if you've enjoyed listening to their story. Send them a personal hello and I'll pass it along. Uh, if you're not a Patreon supporter, do think about it. We really still need your support. We're trying to pay off the bills for the film. Uh, and so every little bit helps. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, you have been listening to the documentary first where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you for listening, donating, and following along on our journey. We are supported by generous donations from people just like you. To make a donation, visit thegirlwhowarefreedom.com or support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash documentaryfirst. To learn more about our other works in progress, visit documentaryfirst.com or follow Documentary First on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. This podcast was produced by Documentary First, edited and mixed by Jason Hoban, with music by Jeff Kurtenacker.